Han Solo dies during the third act. Darth Vader decides to renounce the Emperor. He teams up with his son, Luke Skywalker, to overthrow his former Sith Master. Not to rule the galaxy as father and son, but to atone for the errant path his life has taken to that point. The Emperor escapes, only to return in a future sequel. Luke leaves the Rebellion to find his sister, someone new, someone we've never met previously. And Princess Leia, mourning the loss of the smuggler she loved, becomes queen of her people in a bittersweet coronation ceremony finale. According to producer Gary Kurtz, these were some of the ideas planned for the third film of the trilogy, Revenge of the Jedi. But somewhere along the way, Star Wars creator George Lucas had a change of heart. Han Solo lived, the Emperor was vanquished by father and son, and Leia was revealed to be Luke's sister. But Lucas dropped the word revenge from the title, renaming it Return of the Jedi. To Lawrence Kasdan, the film's screenwriter, the new title was too weak. And whether Lucas felt the word return was a better fit overall, or if he wanted to distinguish it from another upcoming film at that time, Star Wars' The Vengeance of Khan, soon to be called The Wrath of Khan, he chose return over revenge. Through Luke, the era of the Jedi returns, achieving a balance of the Force once again. Through Vader, the former Jedi returns to the side of light, casting away the armor of the Sith and joining the spirits of Obi-Wan and Yoda as Anakin Skywalker. The film's title shift occurred only mere months from its premiere in May of 1983. Today, fragments still remain from that transition period, bearing the title Revenge of the Jedi. These remnants exist as unused movie posters, promotional patches, paperweights, script drafts, and toy packaging art that never made it to retail stores. But good ideas are never discarded, but saved for future projects. And 22 years later, George Lucas released his final Star Wars film in the Skywalker saga, aptly titled Revenge of the Sith. This is a look at some of the rare Revenge of the Jedi items that survived, in the form of pre-production vehicle packaging and heavily desirable proof cards. This is a conversation with friend, author, and fellow collector Matt George about the return of the Jedi action figures and memorabilia in the latest Hakes auction, number 234. This is also the answer to the question, how much do cardbacks and clear bubbles matter to collectors? And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Star systems will slip through your fingers. I want to learn the ways 
use the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force will be with you. Always. Matt George, welcome back. We are now in part five of the uh, the Hakes series, and I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. I can't believe how many pieces are in this catalog and uh, how many we've covered so far, but we still have a lot to go. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. Doing just fine. We officially live in a world where Luke Vespin Men on Card goes for over $9,000. Yes. Now, we will specify that is a 90. Um, so the, the card, the figure, and the bubble all received a 90. However, Matt, you and I have talked about this. It is terrifying to put that kind of money into that figure um, because what can go wrong? Well, that particular figure, as you might recall, has two different weapons taped to the bubble. So there's a you know, it's twice as likely chance that one of them is going to fall off, which would take that subgrade down from a 90 uh, all the way down to an 80, and it would take your overall grade uh, down to an 85 with it. So um, at some point, whoever bought that is should uh, solicit the help of a physicist to feel, figure out the best way to, to display that piece without putting, <laughs> uh, I guess, with putting kind of the least amount of, of uh, pressure on that tape because uh, that's a, a lot of money gone if that thing falls off. It really is. The difference between an 85 and a 90 is enormous. Uh, we're talking thousands of dollars. Um, but I, as far as I'm aware, I, I think this is a, a new record for that figure. Yeah, obviously, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, one may have exchanged hands that we weren't aware of. But as, as far as I can remember seeing, that's the largest dollar that I've seen uh, one of those go for. I think any Empire Strikes Back figure. Maybe with the exception, um, exception of the, like the Zuckus or Forlom kind of one-offs, mm-hmm. but but um, yeah, crazy. We we're just talking about kind of thirty-one backs as a part of the uh, the first Empire episode, and lo and behold, that Luke Jedi goes and or Luke Bestman goes and has has itself a nine thousand dollar day. It's incredible. So knowing that that sold for nine thousand dollars, looking back on the thirty-one back. Uh, B, Luke Bespin figure that that's in the Hicks auction that's graded in eighty five. What do you think that one goes for now? Well, I think we're we we're talking about four thousand or so. I think it'll still be in that ballpark. I agree. I mean, if people are aware that one sold for nine thousand, this might bump it up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I'd say I'd say somewhere around four thousand, maybe a little higher. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah. So, and then we, uh, in the, the last episode, we covered the rest of the Empire Strikes Back uh, offerings from this catalog. Um, there were some really beautiful ones. You and I had both agreed. I mean, this collection of Empire Strikes Back stuff is, um, it's some of the nicest pieces that we've seen as far as high grade and really quality stuff in a long time. Right, and it's not just a you know, character here or there. It's pretty much across the board. So someone clearly went out of their way to assemble a high-grade collection of, I don't know if it's just Empire, but um, it looks like, you know, as we'll get into here, there's a lot of high-grade Jedi stuff too. So um, I assume this was all part of one 
collection, but um, you know, kudos to that person for assembling uh, such great quality items here. Yeah, and I can't get over how many figures and characters were represented too so far, and we'll see if that continues in the Return of the Jedi line. Yeah, well, I'll preface the Jedi by I I refer to Jedi stuff as Jedi garbage mainly to get on Stephen Ward's nerves. But um, <laughs> hello, Stephen Ward. I will have, I will say that Jedi was always my third favorite. There was always kind of a New Hope, and then Empire, and then. 50 feet of crap and then Jedi, but I've, I've, I've got a new appreciation of, of Jedi, uh, really since Disney plus came along, it's now it's the one that I rewatch the most. It's, it's just got a really high rewatchable factor to it. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of grew into appreciate it more and more here over the last couple of years. I grew up as a Jedi kid. And by the time I had really started to get the toys and, and, was old enough to really understand the the films. Um, Jedi had come out. I think the first time I saw it was um, was in the theater, and then I saw it again at my school in like first grade, and um, I just absolutely loved it. I, I to me as a child, it was the one that I felt like I could explore the most. Like going to Jabba's palace was was something that was really interesting. The forest of Endor um, was a fascinating place as well too, and I just felt like. I don't, you know, again, seeing Luke Jedi, you know, uh, as, as a Jedi Knight was just really cool too. So, um, it's a great film. It's a fun one. I think now I'd probably put it at my third or fourth favorite, um, with, uh, Star Wars and Empire always vying for, for first place, but I love them all. Yeah. Well, we'll, um, I, I was, I think six when it came out. And so my, a lot of my early memories of of Star Wars is that film, and I remember the the figures coming out before I'd seen the movie, and then looking on the back and seeing the the two Ewoks blacked out, and wondering <laughs> oh my, that blew my mind as a kid. I'm like, holy, how special are these characters? You can't even see them yet. <laughs> I had, I went through the same thing, and just you know, you wound up staring at that at those silhouettes and just wondering what is behind that for so long. Um, was it a disappointment or <laughs> was it, was it something exciting for you when you finally figured out who they were? Oh, dude, I was pumped. I had, um, the plushy, uh, wicked. And then the plush Paplu that I carried around everywhere when I was a little bit <laughs> everywhere. So, uh, you know, I, I'm still an Ewok fan just because I liked him so much as a kid. Yeah, people people say that they're cutesy, you know, and too cutesy for Star Wars. But when you really look into them, I mean, they're sort of cannibals, and and they're they're kind of savage. You know, they're yeah, not they're, um, they're bloodthirsty bloodthirsty <laughs> miscreants. They're, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like they're not cute and cuddly. They they will cut you. They will eat you. They were very ready to take out our heroes upon their arrival to Endor. Yeah. But uh, okay, so having said that, let's get into our first item. Uh, so we are right now, if you're following along with us in either the catalog or online, we are at lot 1774, and um, it is at Star Wars Return of the Jedi loose first shot action figure. It's the Emperor, and it's been graded by AFA at an uncirculated U90, um, so that means it was most likely removed from a sealed Kenner baggie. And um, Matt, you and I were talking 
leading up to this conversation, and you had mentioned something about the color of of this emperor. Yeah, this one looks you know markedly dar- darker from the the production figure that we got. I wish the production figure looked like this one because this is more screen accurate. Uh, it's more of kind of the dark gray charcoal, like a I don't want to say light black, but um, markedly darker than the than the gray production version we got. Looks more menacing. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why they decided to kind of take it back to that more muted gray than than leave it how it appeared in the film. But um, regardless, they you know th- this one uh, this is another character. You know, we've talked about kind of the Sears Cantina aliens, and then the forty five back from Empire. Uh, when you look at first shots for Return of the Jedi, just in general, they're tougher to find than some of the earlier releases. Um, But for whatever reason, the Emperor has turned up uh, more frequently than the other characters from from, um, Return of the Jedi. Doesn't take anything away from this one. Uh, U90, great condition. I mean, the the paint on the eyes looks really, really good. So if if you've been in the market to get a first shot of some kind of a main character, this is a really good option to go for here. I think it's really nice. And, um, I think, you know, for a little while over the past few years, the prices on these have dipped a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think interest has, has dipped and, uh, I, I see it starting to rise again. Um, if, if someone were looking at this and they weren't familiar with what a first shot is as far as a, a prototype, could you describe to them what a first shot is? Sure. Basically, uh, the the shot, the word "shot" in that description refers to the the first time that the plastic is injection molded into the the steel tools that make all the figures. So, what they're doing with these is they're testing the molds to make sure that you know the, the final product comes out looking as intended. So. First means this is the first time that the the plastic was shot into the mold. So they would send um, multiple, multiple, multiple dozens of these back to to Kenner to make sure that you know everything looks good, and and they would send some off to the to to Lucasfilm to look at. Um, a lot of first shots show up with with no dates on them, no kind of legal markings because. They didn't want to go through all the, the the process of, you know, essentially carving the, all the legal markings onto the tool before the figures were signed off on. Because they, you know, if they had changed the tool, then marking the tool up uh, would have been just in vain. Um, so this looks like one of those uh, examples where there's no legal markings at all. So this was, um, you know, one of the earlier first shots that they did. And usually first shots will show up in non-production colors for um, just kind of in general and in in terms of first shots, not necessarily Star Wars, but just in general. Uh, Star Wars, for whatever reason, I guess they had more um, plastic on hand ready to to shoot that was close to what the figures would look like ultimately. So there's not a ton of non-production color first shots out there. Uh, for Star Wars, but this this is one of them. Um, you know, we were talking about it earlier. They went with that lighter gray in production. So here's a chance to own a pre-production item 
that is in non-production colors. And it's in one of those rare cases where the non-production color is closer to what was seen on screen than, than what we got in stores. I checked the catalog and the online catalog, the, the photos, to make sure that uh, you know there wasn't a difference in the print, and um, and it really does look like it's darker in color on for both. So um, unless it's just darker because it was up against a white background, it, it's hard to tell. But it really does look darker compared to the production version. So this is a nice piece, and I think it's somewhat of an underrated piece as well. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if this one kind of shot up to where we were seeing them, you know, four or five years ago. Um, we're talking about how not uncommon it is to see one of these pop up. Um, it's more common for these to pop up in the, in kind of that production color gray than it is this darker gray, darker gray slash black, I guess. Um, so I think the, the interest in this piece should you know, be significant. It's already got six bids. It's up to 1925. So it's almost at the low end of the range at two to 5,000. So, uh, curious to see how this one does. Where do you think it winds up? I think it's um, 2,500 to 3,000. Okay. It wouldn't shock yeah. me if it went It went for even more than, than that just because it's you know more screen accurate than the, the production version and not the same thing as a production figure just with no dates. Right. And, and people do look for things that are markedly different from the pieces that we had you know it's always that eye test where if you can if you would put the first shot up against a production figure and put it across the room um, anyone would notice that there is a difference and i I think for collectors that's something that's always um, more of a standout and uh, and something that that we as collectors target you know something where immediately you can tell that there is a difference and that um the history starts to speak just from from viewing it so Mm mm-hmm now, originally, they were going to go with a different emperor altogether. Um, there's a, a a couple prototypes out there of what the original version of the emperor is going to look like without the um, the robe that was sculpted onto him. So he didn't, you know, he had the bald head, um, kind of like we saw him in episode three. Um, and I guess they were going to put a, a soft goods robe on him. But for whatever reason, late in the game, they decided just to to change it into a kind of a single piece where the robe is sculpted onto the figure, um, rather than having kind of a second accessory. I always liked the figure, but it was one that was somewhat hard to play with as a kid um, because it wasn't the figure really wasn't in much of an action pose. And, um, you know, so all you could do is just sort of raise the left hand a little bit and pretend that he was shooting out force lightning. But um, it, I, I really love this one with the darker, uh, robe. I, I think it makes a huge difference on the, the figure. Yeah, for sure. And then that, the yellow eyes stand out even more against that black robe. So mm. it's, you know, 90 conditions. It's hard to get this figure with the paint ops as they were intended, but this piece does it. So there's uh, a lot going right here for this one. And AFA no longer does you grading for loose figures. Well, okay, what is now, that? What, no, sorry. Maybe describe what U grading is. Sure. Um, so, U grading, uh, U grading is something that was done by AFA, where they would you would send in an item that was either bagged, boxed, or um, 
sealed in a case or or mint on a card and um and they would remove it um and they would designate it with a u which meant uncirculated so uh if it was pulled from a case it means it was never you know in stores or as people have said it was never touched by human hands which is not really true because people touched it at the factories when they were um assembling them but um but it's just this idea that it was it was in some sort of sealed container and then removed by AFA and was given that U designation. And for a long time, that U designation carried a, a pretty big premium. Um, people were looking for the nicest examples and getting something like a U90 was uh, sort of the pinnacle um, for a lot of people. And and, um, and then a number of co- collectors uh, brought up reversing AFA's stance on it um, because too many figures were being pulled off the cards and, and boxes were opened and, and, you know, bags were opened for figures uh, because people were trying to get that, that U grade. So they would, you know, grab all, and at the time, I mean, carded figures were so much cheaper, but they would send in something like 20, 30, 50 carded figures, sometimes with the same character to try to get that, that one U90 or U95. And, um, and so AFA has stopped that now. Uh, CAS uh, has never done U grading, as far as I know. I think they've always been against it. And um, and so now, you know, the the collectors have have really spoken. And U ninety is a process that no longer exists. Um, however, if you have a sealed case of figures, um, like we've seen in some of the Hakes auctions, um, AFA will give that a U designation because the carded figure unharmed was pulled from a sealed case yeah good explanation now i uncirculated it's very common in other hobbies but usually those hobbies don't require a product to be materially altered in such a way as as we see in toys where you have to physically take the figure off the card um and then that mock is out of circulation forever um so i think it was probably a the uncirculated grading was probably a function of kind of what was going on in other hobbies, but um, you know, the collectors, you know, to their credit spoke up and said, that's something that, you know, it's not good for the hobby long-term. So let's go ahead and make a big stink about it. And it worked. And that's your point. No one does it anymore. So pretty cool to see a grassroots effort like that really take hold. I think it was around a celebration in Anaheim in 2015 where that kind of came to a head and, you know, some of our friends led that charge and um, pretty cool to see folks out there make a difference like that in the hobby. Yeah. And I think, I think AFA ended it somewhere around 2018 or so where they stopped U grading. So, so yeah, anything that has a U grade that's loose was, I guess, before that 19 or 2018 cutoff. Mm -hmm. So, just uh, you know, planning on bidding on something. Just know that if you see uncirculated loose, it was it's an older grade, but um, it doesn't take away from this piece at all. This looks like it would regrade it at a ninety if you were to send it in again. So, all right, I think we've beaten a dead horse on that one. <laughs> well, we uh, thoroughly explained it, which was very good. Yeah. So, so we uh, won't spend thirty minutes talking about every one of these items. But no. that was pretty cool and um curious to see where it ends up so now we're going to get into proof cards 
Um, Matt, I did the math on this. And so in this catalog alone, Hakes is offering 16 of the 50 Revenge of the Jedi proof cards that were available. Um, so if you have the funds to do so and you'd like to collect 30% of the entire Revenge of the Jedi proof card line, um, you have the opportunity here at Hakes 234. Um, so what we're looking at are, as, as I said, 16 Revenge of the Jedi proof cards. Um, Matt, would you care to explain to somebody what a proof card is? Sure. Similar to what a first shot is where, um, you know, they would inject the plastic into the mold just to make sure that the figure turned out as anticipated. Uh, same kind of thought process here on the proof cards where they would print these out, um, send them into Kenner. Kenner would circulate them internally just to make, you know, any kind of notes on them and, make sure everything lined up and they would send it off to Lucasfilm. They'd have to sign off on everything. And um, the cool thing about the return of the Jedi, it's got some of the coolest proof cards because, you know, there's um, the weak way, like what's called skiff guard, but they made that change. You know, someone there's a proof out there with, with skiff guard crossed out and weak way put on there. And, um, so it's, there's some cool items to collect within the Return of the Jedi proof card world. And in my opinion, the Revenge of the Jedis are uh, one of the reasons why it's fun to collect that stuff. Um, there's a lot of people out there that focus on Return of the Jedi. And and this is kind of the, almost the pinnacle, but putting together one of these sets is a really cool way for a, a Jedi-focused collector to have their collection stand out. And here's a great chance for you guys to to get a really significant run started on the Revenge of the Jedi proofs. Now, these particular proofs, um, they're not they're not rare, but they're not common. I think that the as far as the population of these goes, like I think somewhere between fifty and sixty sets were uh, are out there. Um, that's the number I've always heard. Um, I don't know if anyone's done a a an in-depth study on populations of these, but I'm I'm sure they're probably somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but here, the 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 big change came obviously where they they made the decision to go from Revenge of the Jedi uh, to Return of the Jedi. So the fact that we already had proof cards being circulated internally at Kenner um, shows how late in the game the title was changed. Um, so the, the funny thing is like, if you were to see a return of the Jedi proof, uh, from this time period, they're a whole lot more uncommon than the revenge of the Jedi proofs. Um, it's just, it's kind of counterintuitive. You'd think the unproduced would be a lot more rare than, the, than what wound up being made in production, but not the case here with these. In a star Wars proof card collecting world, Revenge of the Jedi proofs are known as the most common. Um, you're right. It, it has the Revenge of the Jedi logo. Um, and then I've noticed, I think there are three other differences that, I, that I've seen that I could point out. Um, if you look at the bottoms of the cards, they're squared, whereas a normal uh, production card back is rounded. And then the punch, which is the the little part up at the the top of of the um the card back that you can actually poke through and then you know hang up the item 
uh, in that, in that negative space, in that hole, um, on a, on a hanger in a store, um, that's shaped differently. It's much thinner. And then the cardstock too, uh, on some of them, uh, is, can generally be, uh, thinner. Um, you know, and there, it looks closer to, if you've ever seen like the made in Mexico card backs, um, it's a little, uh, duller and sometimes not as shiny as well. Yeah. And it looks like we've got some good characters represented here. Um, the, the one of these that goes for the most money is, you know, unsurprisingly Boba Fett. Um, we've already got five bids for 7627. So it's almost to the ten to twenty thousand dollar range. It'll it should get there. Um with the kind of the heightened interest in Fed here of late. But um you know, historically, like let's just like from my recollections, the more common ones were you know, anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars, maybe even a little less for the the less popular characters. But now, I I'd be shocked if anything went under twelve hundred bucks. Even kind of the, even though these are good characters, like a character like Snaggletooth at an AFA eighty, that's probably the lowest one. Maybe the maybe the best been security, security guard, but that's an eighty five. Yeah. Um. Like that's, those were so common and easy to get. Like I can remember those just kind of sitting on, you know, want to sell postings and, um, you know, now I wouldn't be shocked if these got up to 1500 bucks a piece. And all of them have the free nine, num uh, image, uh, the, the offer on the front. And so I mentioned before that there are 50 of these, and the way that it works out is uh, this is essentially a continuation of the 48 backs that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. And now it's on a Jedi card with the nine num offer. And uh, so it was 48 characters. And then there were two other um, proof cards that we'll talk about. We'll get to eventually and uh, that are a little more special, a little different. And that equated to the the total of 50. Yeah, um, so we got Luke. Old original Luke release is here. AFA love 85- this card back. Yeah, I mean, AFA eighty five plus. So the condition here is fantastic too. Um, there's one here that I'm going to be bidding on. I won't say which one, but I'm sure if you know me, you'll know which one it is. Um, let's see. Anything catching your eye that you might bid on here with these? I am not a proof card collector. Um, I do have one, uh, probably the most popular character, which is the uh, the white Bespin security guard. Um, I picked mm. that up um, a long time ago. Um, but uh, no, I mean, if, if I were going to pick up one, and I think there's one that I would like to get someday, um, and that is the Luke Skywalker. Um, it's just, mm. it's probably my favorite card back, the most iconic one to me. And um I just absolutely love it, but uh, I love that we're we're seeing Luke represented in the proof card run here, and uh, right, it's right next to that beautiful Leia. Yep, and Chewie here we got the original. You know, they didn't change the the card art for Chewie until later on, so it's the uh, the old school Chewie card back here. So a lot of good characters. There's an R two, even though it's got a blank name uh, nameplate. 
Um, I wonder if they were like figuring out what R2 they wanted to put on the, on the card. If they wanted to go so, back to the original or if they wanted to keep the sensor scope. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause that it's got is, the, it's got the art for the original one, even though the sensor scope had just come out. Right. And that's one of the two. Um, so it, it's that one. And then there's a, uh, essentially a, a blank back one. Um, and those are, those are the two that, that equal the 50. Um, yeah, the, the R2 is really popular because of that blank name. You know, and again, it's something that you it, it's striking when you see it and you know that there's something different about it. Um, so I, I think it stands out that way and I think it commands a higher dollar, dollar value as a result. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I mean, all of these are fantastic pieces. In a row, you have a Luke, um, Leia Bespin, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, and then the, the blank name R2-D2. Yeah, and then you got Jawa. It's a good lineup here of characters. The Fett's going to go for the most, and I don't know. What's your vote for second most? I think the second most, I think if I if I had a guess, and, and you know, it really it depends on which market we're looking at, right? If it's collector's, I think it's going to be the Revenge of the Jedi blank test proof card, which is essentially it looks like the whole outer rim uh, is in white for the the test proof card. And then the pill where the figure would be is, is in white as well. And then the background where the, the image of the figure, whatever figure it would be underneath the logo is in black. And it's just, it's a solid black. And, um, I, I think for collectors, I think that would be the second most interesting one. Um, I just have a feeling though, that the Luke Skywalker among a wider range of collectors people newer to the hobby or just people who grew up with star wars are going to be more drawn to luke Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think it'll go fett luke template r2 yeah and then we also have interest here in the imperial snow trooper and the imperial tie fighter pilot yeah you got 85 grade on the tie pilot which you know, I'm sure it's contributing to uh, the price on that 1100 already. So it's already at the within the range of a thousand to two thousand, and then 1100 on the AFA 80 plus Hoth Battle Gear Snowtrooper. Matt, is it just me, or does it seem like when a card back is at an 80 or an 85, it, it, it for these proof cards, it's there isn't really a noticeable difference. No, I just you you're paying this much money, you're you're folks feel reassured having an eighty five versus an eighty. That you know, you're spending this much money, it's investment grade at that point. So you you know, people are paying up for the better grades. Even though if you were to bring someone over that knew absolutely nothing about toy collecting and showed them an eighty and an eighty five proof they're likely not going to be able to tell any difference. Yeah. And we've seen a premium on ones that are at an 85, 85 plus or a 90. Um, the nineties will draw in a, a huge premium at times. 
But um, but I mean, all of these display beautifully, and um, and they're great characters too. I mean, you know, ones that we talked about already with the Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars, um, and then uh, you know, there weren't any Jedi figures on this because they were only showcasing the forty eight, the first forty eight figures. Yep. And then let's see, anything else we're talking about in here? Two, 21B, 85, it's already at 1,000. That's another character we, you know, we talked about during Empire that um, you have to worry about the, the tube coming out of his mouth on this one. Um, <laughs> it's a safe was, purchase. Yeah. It's a, it's a character that is increasingly popular out there with, the, with collectors, it seems, based on you know, the prices we've been seeing. This one's already at 1,000. It's not an 85 plus, it's an 85. Uh, so it's trending right up there along with the, the snow trooper and the, the tie pilot. Um, how do you think something like the IG 88 or the Tuscan Raider will fare? The IG 88 should go for quite a bit more just because of the, the popularity of that character. It's in a little bit better shape, 80 plus versus 80. Um, but I think the, you know, they'll both get within that, you know, within the range. And I think they'll hit, you know, 1500 bucks, something like that. And we've seen, you know, there was a point where proof cards were white hot for a while, really in sort of that 2015, maybe 2017 era. And then, uh, they cooled off a little bit and I think we're starting to see a resurgence now. Do you, do you feel the same way? Are you seeing that as well, where people are, are getting back into them and starting to pick up these revenge of the Jedi proof cards? Yeah, it's, that from what I can tell, just kind of looking at the groups and and seeing what people are collecting out there, it, uh, they seem to have followed a, a very similar trend line to kind of higher graded mocks out there. Um, so yeah, I think that, that that's an accurate assessment from from what I can tell. Okay, well, whichever one you decide to bid on, I wish you the best of luck with it. Uh, it's, it's just it's a great group, and again, you know, if if uh, if people are looking for uh, one to add to their collection, uh, they certainly have uh, a number of great choices to choose from. And um, if you're able to get all sixteen, then congratulations you've you've acquired thirty percent of a full run. Cool to see those come up. Hmm. Next, we have uh, a. Return of the Jedi C-3PO figure. It's uh, on a 41 back C, and it's the Canadian transition card. Um, so, Matt, I wasn't too familiar with this, but I did a little research into it. Um, and actually, I pulled this up from the Canadian Star Wars Galaxy, which is a great website. Uh, it says, the very first appearance of the Return of the Jedi logo came on just about any Canadian carded Empire Strikes Back figure that was lying around in late 1982 and early 1983. The Admiral Akbar mail-in offer was a promotion Kenner was running to promote the upcoming movie Return of the Jedi, due for release on May 25, 1983. All figures with the Admiral Akbar offer in Canada came with the sticker version of the offer. No printed versions of the offer were ever released. Kenner affixed the Return of the Jedi logo and the round action figure offer stickers on the card front, as well as the Admiral Akbar mail-in offer detail sticker on the reverse of the surplus action figures in Canada at the time. ESB action figures as early as 32 backs and up to 47 backs have been found in Canada with this trio of stickers affixed to them. The majority of them are 45 and 47 backs. It is important to keep in mind when purchasing these types of figures 
that a complete carded figure of this sort would have would have all three stickers on them. Many of these stickers, especially the Return of the Jedi logo, have been removed by individuals over the years. Take special notice of the Return of the Jedi logo sticker itself. It was created with a special double bar reminiscent of the previous Empire Strikes Back logo, where the word Star was placed on top of the current movie logo, and the word Wars was placed underneath. This change to the more familiar logo where Star Wars was placed entirely over the Return of the Jedi logo for the subsequent Return of the Jedi issue action figures. So that last part is basically saying that um, Star was on top of the logo, Wars was at the bottom for Empire, and then uh, for Return of the Jedi, um, Star Wars was was basically put on the top of uh, above the logo. Um, but on these transition stickers, um, they kept it the way that uh, Empire Strikes Back was, and then they just made it look like the racetrack continued around the sides. So just a really nice, you know, with, with that double racetrack, uh, a really nice piece. Um, supposedly, this is one of the most common, if not the most common figures to have this transition sticker. Um, and there is an exact uh, version of this on uh, the SWCA, the Star Wars Collector's Archive site. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, again, a really nice one. Um, pretty rare and pretty popular right now. I know zero about these and have zero interest in them, so I can offer absolutely nothing to this conversation. <laughs> uh, right now, it's at $2,400. The estimate was $1,000 to $2,000, so um, I, I was surprised click, to see it rise yeah, this quickly. If you click refresh, you, you'll see that it's at thirty-three thirty-nine. So as we're speaking, this just happened? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Okay. All right, so it's really popular. Um, this might be one of the bigger surprises of, of the auction. Someone's eavesdropping on your uh, analysis there. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so Matt, if you were going to take a guess, a random guess, um, does this stay at 3300 Or um, does it double the high of the, the, uh, the estimate and reach $4,000? Let me shake my magic eight ball here. I mean, this is, it's, it's just too much momentum this early. You know, there, there's still a good week before the auction ends. That's when we're recording this. And, um, you know, just to see it go up this high, I mean, I'm, I'm really shocked. Yeah. If you were to do a sort right now on number of bids, this has the most bids of any item along with the Palatoid Death Star Droid 20 back 75. Um, both of those have 13 bids. So okay. yeah, that's, uh, for whatever reason, this has just caught the eye of a couple of people out there mm-hmm. they're really going after it. And it jumped a thousand dollars from the time we started this conversation until now. It's crazy. Hmm. I'm glad we covered it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's totally a surprise, but it is a really cool looking card. Um, the extension stickers, you know, were, were or transition stickers were a great way of extending the line um, and using all of these older Empire Strikes Back era cards. So, yeah, just a, a great piece, and good luck to whoever just overpaid for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll. Uh, is this one the one that's the biggest compared to the high end of the the range so far? I think so. Yeah, that's crazy. Of all the pieces, 
Yeah, that one's already exceeded its, its estimate, and um, it's on its way to doubling the high end. So crazy. Okay, now we're going to get into the forty-eight backs and the sixty-five A backs uh, for for Return of the Jedi. So these were the first releases uh, domestically by Kenner, and um, we have a Forlom, we have a Zuckus, uh, a Jawa, a Lando Skiff. Is there anything that catches your eye here, Matt? Um, so this, let's see here, 85Y on the Forlom, no bids yet. It's one of the few items that doesn't have any bids. I was surprised to see a yellow bubble on a 48 back Return of the Jedi figure. I, I know, you know we had talked about from, from the time of the 45 backs uh, for Empire Strikes Back, we've started to see yellow bubbles, but um, usually, I mean, a we tend to see for Return of the Jedi, we tend to see a lot more um, clear bubbles for the 48 backs. Um, and I just, for most of the, the Forlom figures I've seen, they've always, they usually have been clear bubbles. But um, this one's nice. He always had the weirdest, like, card back. Can't really, I don't know, can't really make out what's going on there. You see a head and... <laughs> There's just looks like a, just a pile of stuff with a head on it, but I don't know. Yeah, and I, most I, of it's I, in I the shadows it. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a really nice looking one. If you zoom in on the figure, I mean, the figure looks fantastic. Looks brand new. Uh, it's a shame that the bubble is yellow. I think if the bubble was clear, um, you know, right now the value code on this one is a thousand to two thousand dollars. I really think that's high for this figure. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a clear bubble, I think it would possibly get into the the $1,000 range. Um, but I, I just, you know, right now there are no bids on it. I, I, I can't see it. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could see it going past seven or $800. And I think that's even a little high. Yeah. Agreed. Now we start getting into the 65 bags and a lot of these have clear bubbles or were graded as clear but have since turned yellow so they've got a slight tinge of yellow to them but man when people see clear bubble return of the jedi stuff they go crazy because the main drawback that that uh exists with collecting return of the jedi stuff is they just don't display well because of the yellowing so here's a chance for some folks that have you know have that line of thinking to maybe take the plunge into collecting return of the jedi stuff for their display i accidentally fell into a clear bubble focus years ago almost a decade ago um i just started to pick up return of the jedi figures and at the time i mean you could really get almost every return of the jedi figure for under a hundred dollars um and some were even in that you know 30 to 50 dollar range as well and um and so I had gotten a few of them and I said, okay, I think, you know, I'll try to continue with this. And, uh, it's certainly been a challenge, but it's been a fun one. Um, yeah. and so right now we're looking at, at three clear bubble, uh, figures, um, and, uh, they're all really cool and, and, you know, very popular. So the first one is, uh, the Jawa. These are all on 65 a backs. Uh, the, the Jawa is on a 65 a back. The Lando Calrissian in Skiff Guard disguise, which is one of my favorite figures, is uh, 65A. And then the Admiral Akbar is a 65B. And um, they're all graded 85s, which is really impressive, especially for ones with a clear bubble. 
Yeah, you just don't see him pop up. Um, that Akbar, man, that's going to go for some cash. Lando, for whatever reason, not as uh, the prices just don't get up to what the Akbar is going to. I, I'm afraid. I don't know what it is, but um, that's just such that Lando Skiff is such a great looking figure. I mean, I remember when they came out to a six year old kid, the fact that him and Leia. Bausch had helmets that came off was just like mind blowing. So I've got real fond memories of this, this uh, particular character. I think what the, what's going to hold this one back um, is his, his force pike has come off of the, of the, uh, the bubble that looks like the tape has come off. Um, it's not bad though, because because it's such a larger uh, accessory, it's displayed the way that it's come off of the tape. It's now in front of him, and so it it does. You know, if you're looking at it as a display, it just it looks like that's how it's supposed to be. Um, if you are, you know, a collector, if you're familiar with the item, you know that usually it's on the side. Um, but I always found the helmet for Lando Skiff amazing, and I remember being a child and just being shocked at at how how well it fit over the, the figure's head and, and how perfectly it stayed and just how beautifully it was designed. You know, just being mm-hmm. a little kid and looking at it and going, there's something really special about this. My other figures don't have this. Yeah. I, uh, now the, the helmet showed up again and was it solo in solo? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I was <laughs> in the movie when, they pan to him in, in the scene from where the, the card art was taken. He pulls his like chin down a little bit for no reason other than to tell the audience that, Hey, this is Lando. It's Lando I always thought yeah. that was the dumbest thing. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. He was just like, acknowledging us. You're right. Like there was no reason for him to do that. Like if you were a, a citizen or a, a denizen of the, of the Jabba throne room and you were walking by and saw him do that, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Hey, I know you. You're that uh you're that guy in Cloud City. Hey, wait, aren't you wanted? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and just just the fact too that he's known as Han Solo's friend. Um, yeah, that's creates this huge disguise and then just pulls down the, the mask just to say, Hey everybody, yeah. I'm here. Hey, I'm out. I'm in this room with a bunch of bounty hunters who are very well aware <laughs> that I am Han Solo's best friend. <laughs> And was last seen with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it still worked. We still won, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, now, I have to be honest. I might actually go for this Admiral Akbar. Um, I have a, a small Akbar run of carded clear bubble mm. figures. And um, I realized yesterday I have a yellow bubble B. So I'm considering going for this one, selling my yellow bubble, and then uh, using some of that money to pay for this one. But uh, I, I would love to have this. I do think this is going to go very high, though. Yes. Um, I think it could easily go for over $1,000. Agreed. Agreed. And um, they're so tough to find in clear bubble. And th- this card back really pops with that. <laughs> I like how they put him on the aqua backdrop. So he's like in water it looks like but it's uh this is this is one that i could see getting up there for sure and then the nine numb right next to it or right below it um another 85 clear bubble um his gun has fallen out uh 
right of the tape. So that 90 subgrade on the 9-num uh, would be uh, an 80 at this point. But um, it's just people don't care. They really care about that that bubble. Well, so that's not – it's not a clear bubble. Um, according to Hakes, it says here, at the time of grading, the blister was clear and has since yellowed slightly with age. So I do think that we're actually going to get uh, a, a lower – um, end result with this one than something like the the Admiral oh, Akbar. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. If you go yeah. back to the Admiral Akbar for a second and just click on the um, the the image of the figure in the bubble, it is very rare to find one that has accessory still taped. Mm-hmm. Um, but the paint on this one, the figure just looks perfect. You know that yeah. the outfit is white. Uh, the paint is is perfect on it. His face looks fantastic. Again, to find one without a price sticker that's unpunched. Um, you know, I'm going, I, I think I'm going for this one, but I, I can't, I honestly can't sell this one enough. I, it just, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous figure. Agreed. And I've got a clear bubble, but mine's a 75 and I got, I, I don't normally collect anything that's less than 80, mm-hmm. but I had to get that one because you just don't see them in clear bubbles come up at all. Yeah, you really don't. So Matt, if we're looking at the Nine Num and the Admiral Akbar, um, I think we can agree that the Admiral Akbar is going to go much higher than the the Nine Num. But where do you think both of these wind up? I think the Akbar will be fifteen hundred with buyer premium, and then the Nine Num I think will get to just under a thousand. Okay. I do think that the slightly yellow bubble and more so that the um the gun has has fallen from the the bubble uh from its tape I do think that's really going to affect this one. So I think this one's going to get maybe toward the high end of the value code which is 400 to $700. Um it could push it could push maybe 8 or so, but I just I I can't see it hitting 1000. Yeah, I think it'll just get maybe right under that. I think it'll be kind of towards the higher end um, of that range, but um, yeah, it's too bad about that gun. Yes, and if you're if you're going to bid on any of these, make sure that you go to the Hakes auction site um, or into the catalog and and read to see if the the blister has yellowed. Um, Hakes has done a really nice job. Uh, what they'll do is at the end of the listing headline. Um, the, in parentheses, it'll say clear blister if the if the bubble is still yellow. Um, it won't say that if the bubble has since yellowed, um, even though it might not show it on on the grade label. So you can't just go by the grade label alone. Um, but you know, so far they they've done a pretty good job of um, of stating whether or not these bubbles have since yellowed uh, after grading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get to what is often described as the Bespin security guard of Return of the Jedi. I love this figure. And, uh, you know, already it's it's pretty popular. Uh, this is the Return of the Jedi General Maydean 65 back B, graded at an 85 with a clear bubble. Mm. Yeah, this is nice. This is my brother's favorite character growing up. My brother went through a phase where he was, like, obsessed with people that had beards. <laughs> and so, I mean, even though his was artificial... Um, my brother really had mad respect for that beard. So, um, I wanted to get him 
a carded figure for his collection. He's just getting into toy collecting. Oh, nice. Um, and I've never been able to come across one that had a clear bubble. So um, I'm likely not going to be able to, you know, spend a, what the money is going to take to get this particular one for him. Um, just because, yeah, he, he, uh, it's a lot of money to, to put for a gift. But um, I just want to take this time to call out how lame the weapons are for Return of the Jedi figures. <laughs> Some of them, some of the weapons. Mm, I'm going to say most of the weapons. Um, let's just look in this 65 pack, <laughs> the figures we've looked at so far. Sure, sure. Lando has an axe, you know, But, awesome but that works with type. the figure. That's cool. Yeah, he is carrying it's accurate. Yeah. yeah. Then Admiral Akbar has what? A magic baton. I know this is a PG rated show. I won't nope, go into nope, what I nope. think that. Uh, <laughs> nope. It's a magic baton. <laughs> and then here we got uh, General Medine here with his, what, pointer? Like his <laughs> baton? Like, what is that? <laughs> it's what he uses for PowerPoint presentations. What kid yeah. wants this? Like, no wonder he was a a, a peg warmer because, mom, I'm gonna use this guy to point to the <laughs> to the enemy. I think I used to actually turn the baton upside down and use it as a lightsaber for some of the characters, like a white lightsaber. But which way? Which way is up and which way is down? That's a good. I mean, I've always thought of the the larger part was the the top of it or like the upper part of it, but. And and you hold the bottom part of the staff. But to be honest with you, so I, I thought no it was idea. the opposite. Like, because I assumed it was a pointer. Like, like he's showing what the plans are, and he's using that as like a teacher would. And his console on the card art looks like a Commodore sixty four hundred. <laughs> I don't know. This is the most '80s character that there is, I think. Mm-hmm. And the sideswept hair as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I've, I've derailed our conversation. I think if he had come pointers. with a, a Bespin blaster or even the, the type of blaster that Nine Numb came with, I think you know people would have liked him more. Any weapon? <laughs> a weapon? <laughs> Yes. For some reason, batons and sticks seem to be really popular among these Return of the Jedi characters. So, yeah, we haven't even got to the Ewoks yet. Yeah. All right, I digress. But anyway, so um, the estimate for this General Maydean is 400 to $700. Right now, the current bid, there's four bids on it. Current bid is at $440. Mm. Um, I was honestly really surprised because I, I picked up a 65A General Maydean um last summer i think for 150 dollars graded straight 85s um and it's one i was looking for for a while i thought it was a great price i think it's a clear bubble i have to go back and check actually but um mm. but you know for this um does this go higher from here does it go higher from 440 dollars yeah i think this one will get uh i might be wrong but i think this one will get to a thousand they're so uncommon you just don't see them 
They really are. And they were part of that peg warmer group, you know, where you would see them in clearance bins all the mm-hmm. time or just, you know, sitting on a shelf for literally a few years. And, um, you know, so to find one with a clear bubble still, uh, unpunched, no price stickers, straight 85s, it, you know, gorgeous. Yep. Agreed. I guess the question is, Matt, how much do you love your brother? Not $440 worth. <laughs> Okay. Well, at least it's on record, so perfect. Maybe I can buy this one and I'll give him mine. Oh, that's a good idea. Sure. Okay, and so the next one we have now, um, shout out to our friend oh, Stephen Ward. Calling all Stephen Wards and Chris Letty's. Chris and, Letty, absolutely. And if this was a couple of years ago, Justin Rowland, Chris Botkins. Yeah, yeah. Rebel Commando is pretty popular. Todd Hudson. And by the price of this one, Rebel Commandos are very popular with a clear blister. Yeah. So now, this is... My my theory on this figure is G.I. Joe had come out in 82. There were rumblings of it in 81. I'm convinced they put this one out in response to G.I. Joe being out in the marketplace. It does look like it would fit in the G.I. Joe world. Yeah, I think they wrote in part of the sub, like the subplot to the movie, to be on indoor, so they could get army-looking characters into the market. That's my theory. I don't know if that's right or not, but um, anyway, I digress. I'm going off on a lot of tangents here. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so the, this one has a a clear bubble as well too. Um, it is. The card back is an 80. The bubble and figure are 85s. Um, I picked mine up. I think I was telling you this yesterday, but I picked mine up for $59 a few years ago with a clear bubble, and it wound up grading an 85. Um, it's insane that this one right now has five bids and is up to $550. Yeah, you just don't see them. I mean, I, uh, there's a a lot of folks going after this character, you know, we just named off, I don't know, four or five focus collectors for this character. God knows how many are out there. Um, just you know, working behind the scenes, but it doesn't surprise me at all. You just don't see these pop up too much. So Matt, my question to you is um, what's going on with the rifle? Because the, the generally the weapons are taped to the side of the bubble mm-hmm. and I know the rifles are pretty big, and so this one looks like it's it looks like it's escaping the tape and it's coming out toward the, the mm-hmm. front of the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like there's some um, some uh, degradation of the plastic. So egg, frosting, I guess, is what the term is on the right shoulder, and it does look like the bottom of the tape has come up a little bit, allowing the gun to start to kind of creep out of the confines of the tape there. Mm-hmm. Um, frosting, you can fix that, not a problem. But that gun coming out of the tape looks like it's it could be an issue down the line, causing that figure grade, I guess, to go down to an 80, which would mean two of the three subs would be at 80, bringing the figure overall grade down to an 80. 80 or an 80 plus, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, when you're paying right now, I mean, 550 is really, you're sort of in the, the, the 85 range for a clear bubble, I I guess. I mean, and I think uh, if if that gun were to fall, you're right. Like 
then you know where does the value drop to? Yeah. Well, people are paying up for this because it has a clear bubble. Um, whoever's bidding on this, hopefully they know that that it would regrade it at an 80 and to just kind of bid accordingly. Even then, a clear bubble 80 is still going to command quite a premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 350, 450, like that. But just make sure that you kind of price in your high bids uh, accordingly. Okay, and then we have everyone's favorite Jedi, Logray. A uh, little fuzzy Ewok. And uh, this is a 65 back A, and this is the first real yellow bubble that we've seen for the Return of the Jedi line so far. Um, the subgrades are great. It, you know, it's an overall 85. Uh, the card's an 85, bubble's an 85. The figure's a beautiful 90, um, but this bubble is very yellow. The card back's beautiful. It's unpunched. It does have a price sticker on it. Um, but it's not too big of a price sticker. Looks like a Child World price sticker, and um, which is nice. And it, it looks beautiful, but it does have that amber glow of a yellow bubble. Yep. I'll tell you a cool story. Like it kind of makes me want this piece. So in nineteen, God, when was that? Nineteen ninety one, ninety two. I had been collecting Star Wars for you know two or three years at that point. And the only place I could ever find any vintage Star Wars was at this comic shop called Cosmic Comics. But my buddy who lived down the street, his brother worked at Children's Palace. Um, and I guess they were on the verge of going under. And so they were clearing out their warehouse. Anyway, we were just sitting at home on a random summer day. And he calls us up and says, you guys got to get down here. Bring your money. Like okay, well that's that's kind of kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so my my neighbor's mom drove us down there. We like run in there and find his brother. And he's like, here, come over here, check this out. So they're I guess they're cleaning out their corporate warehouses, and they dedicated this entire aisle to that cause. And so on that aisle, I picked up I don't know how many Indiana Jones carded figures. I mean, dozens. Wow. They were, they were 99 cents a piece, but there were two Star Wars figures still on their card that I picked up at a retail store in 1991 or two. Oh my gosh. was one of them. And the other one was Ben Kenobi. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, yeah. <laughs> couldn't ask for better for for your interest. Sure. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was the last time I ever picked up a vintage Star Wars piece at a Retail a retail store. outlet. So, yeah. Yeah. It was got almost 10 years after this figure came out. So that's kind of cool. But they had like any toy line from the 80s they had at that children's palace. And mm-hmm. we just went crazy. We bought up all that stuff. Um, anyway, pretty cool story. But anyway, that's got me uh, the interest heightened on this piece because it's, it's got that price tag. It's almost in the exact same spot that the one I had was, uh, was at, but mine was 99 cents. Well, so this one's deceptive, and it might actually work out uh, in your benefit if you if you go for this one. You know, again, it has the price sticker. Some people don't like that, the yellow bubble, um, but you know, it's really a beautiful piece. And the fact that it is, um, you know, an overall eighty five, the figures a ninety. Um, yeah, right now uh, it's at two hundred dollars, and I think the estimate is pretty. The estimate is four hundred seven hundred dollars. Um, Matt, I I can't see it hitting four hundred dollars. No, 
maybe because it's an 85, it it's has got a, a chance. Figure, yeah, but the thing about this is like his staff is probably not going to fall loose. Right. No. Because um, it's got its own. Look, like the bubble was designed with that staff in mind. Um, so there's support. So it's not all the pressure's not on that tape holding it up. And but, um, because it is an 85, yes, there'll be an interest. But these, so low gray and some of the other Ewoks for a while have not been going in that range. They've they've been selling yeah. for a lot cheaper. Yeah. Well, I can tell you if it if it doesn't get another bid, I'm going to get this one. Cause, all right. Yeah, it's a cool story. We get uh, Chirpa, also 85. This one does not have a price sticker on it. And the yellowing is not pronounced. <laughs> that logo is orange. Like it it's like passed up yellow onto its onto orange. This one's just got a barely any kind of a tinge of yellow to it here. Just to go back for a second, because I forgot about this. Um, so I had actually looked up some comparable um, prices on eBay and on Hakes just to see what this stuff is sold for. A clear bubble rebel commando graded at an 85 sold for $202 on eBay on February 27th. So not too long ago, there were case scratches on it. Um, and it wasn't as nice as this one, but it, you know, it was still an 85, uh, a yellow bubble sold for $400 on eBay in December of 2021. Uh, a low gray, an 85 Y low gray sold for around $250 recently. Um, and now with the, the chief chirpa, um, yeah, what do you think of this one? This one's weird. Like, it's got an eighty-five grade. It's got an eighty bubble subgrade, but it looks like there's just like this random piece of tape that's in the bubble. Now, I don't know if like it was at one time holding that staff in place, but the staff seems to still be magically either still attached to the the bubble somehow or magically hovering in the air on the edge of the bubble. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with this piece of tape here. Where do you see the tape? It, uh, just right in front of the figure. Oh, okay. Like on his chest. Yeah. All the way down to the legs. There's just a yellow piece of tape on the front of the figure. I've seen this actually happen with certain figures where the tape will fall away and the item will still stay stuck because some of that adhesive is still connected somehow to the in between the, the bubble and, and the item. But yeah, that's why uh, you do rarely see 85s. However, as we've talked about numerous times, if if that weapon does come loose, then we're looking at an 80. I mean, it's almost certainly going to come loose if that is, in fact, being held on just by sheer tape, will tape, tape gradu left over from when it was on the bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have a few comps here. So on February 13th, uh, a similar figure 65, a 85 Y sold for $318. And then at the June, 2021 Hakes auction, a clear bubble 80. What do you think that sold for? Clear bubble 80. Mm hmm. 400 584 nice yeah it shows you the power of those clear bubbles so this one is currently at 242 dollars right now 
The value code is four hundred to seven hundred dollars. Matt, what do we think? Four hundred. Okay, I can see that going for four hundred. Yeah. Here's another uh, character with a stick as a weapon. Here, this one's not even <laughs> a deadly stick. It's just—it's got like a dull end on both sides. Um, yeah. So bang up job, Kenner, on all these weapons here. Okay, the next figure though does have a blaster and has a, a unique gray blaster to Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yeah, he comes with a dress too. Yes. So this is item eighteen oh two. It is a sixty five ABAC squid head. Uh, the bubble has yellowed uh, since it was graded, and uh, but it is gosh, it's it's an eighty five, and the card and bubble are eighty fives, and the figures an eighty. 65 ABAC Squidhead. What do you think about the name Squidhead? I think it it fits in with Hammerhead and Walrus Man and uh, some of the other ones that we've seen. So I think it works for the Kenner world of Star Wars. Um, it is pretty accurate. It does look like he has a squid for a head. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, cool it's one of my it. favorite... Oh, sorry? So you're, you're cool with them kind of using this informal nomenclature for... They're aliens, not putting Tessic or whatever his actual name is. I think I'm only cool with it because this is what we knew growing up. Yeah. And it was started with the original Star Wars line of naming these characters things like Hammerhead and, uh, and Walrus so, Man. Yeah. 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 Um, which are, I mean, these are not creatures that would be in the Star Wars universe as far as we know anyway, squids and walruses and um, hammers. Prunes. <laughs> and hammer, hammerhead. Prune face, sure. Yeah, prune face. I mean, that that's a really strange one. Um, but I guess it's easier to pronounce than, is it Oromarco? That's well, his name. Vanis on here. He's the prune face authority. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it, this is, I, I, I really like, squid head as a figure i've always liked it i've loved the sculpt i I feel like you know as a kid too getting this it came with a cape he had this kind of long skirt like uh it's not even a skirt i don't know what like a a a cloak wrapped around him and then he had a a belt with the gun and the detail on the figure was great Mm -hmm. um and it's just it's he's never been one unless you get a, a clear bubble high grade he's never been one that has really increased in value I liked him growing up because his gun wouldn't come out of his hand. So I never lost the gun growing up. Yeah, he had these long fingers, yeah. Yeah. But this one, um, it's got an 80 subgrade on the figure, which is, I'm like looking at this figure. It looks like it's in great shape. The paint ops on the eyes are good. His little teeth are there. I don't the soft goods look to be in good shape, so I don't know what's dragging this down. Did, has the gun fallen out of the tape or something? Hard to tell why this got an 80 figure grade. But there could be some discoloration nice to the cape. You know, uh, a lot yeah. of these do start to discolor after a while. Um, it might be some residue on his skirt. Uh, mm. Looks like there's some yellowing, but yeah, it's. It's hard to say. You're right. I mean, it really, it looks like a 90 figure. Yeah. That's a great, uh, 
Great uh, overall grade here. 85, unpunched. Just a little bit of yellowing. Yeah. Um, when these do yellow, um, they, for some reason, with, with the rest of the colors and, and the card back, they, they do tend to get a little ugly, um, especially the yellower they get. But this one is still really nice. It, it looks pretty clear. It displays well. Um, unpunched, no price stickers. You know, again, right now it's at $165. I think the yellow bubble is the reason why it it hasn't gone much higher yet. Uh, the value code on this one is in the low range, two hundred to four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's about right. I think it'll be maybe towards the higher end of that. Okay, three hundred to four hundred dollar range. Yeah. Okay. Then we're gonna jump to. Item 1804, which is uh, a Rees 65 back B card, and it's it's graded an 85 plus. I'm sorry, it's graded an 85 with a clear bubble. Um, this one, it is uh, the made in Mexico version. So on the back of the card, it says instead of saying made in Hong Kong, uh, it says made in Mexico. Uh, the card back is a little of a duller finish on the back, and um, and a, a little thinner as well. Um, and for some reason, you know, we've just, we've seen this where it's easier to find clear bubble made in Mexico figures than it is for the, the Hong Kong variant or Taiwan variant. And um, yeah, Matt, what do you think of this? Yeah, it's cool to see this, this figure with a clear bubble. Um, just very rarely do even, I know clear bubble return of the Jedi figures are uncommon but this one is exceedingly uncommon just from from what i can tell it's a cool figure like this is uh he's got a unique weapon here it's, in terms of guns it's kind of got a weird handle but i've always liked the figure it's just a very you know, it captures the essence of the jabba scene i think yeah it was always a strange looking figure cool kind of alien creature um, right now, it's it has a current bid of two hundred twenty dollars. The value code on it is four hundred seven hundred dollars. I think the clear bubble is going to work well in its favor. Um, I don't think too many people who are not maybe your hardcore series collectors are familiar with the made in Mexico variant as opposed to you know one that's either Taiwan or Hong Kong or, or really care about that. So, um, with a value code of four hundred seven hundred dollars, where do you think this is going to wind up? over that i think it'll be kind of in line with what uh maybe a little bit less because it's made in mexico the, the what the medine got so 750 800 something like that okay and is this the only character who is pictured drinking on his card back would have been nice if they had medine uh just in the middle of war with with the cold one but yeah uh probably <laughs> yes his little uh Irish car bomb. <laughs> uh, it's you know if you look at the card art too, it's kind of sad because he has sort of that. It reminds me of like a Michael Jackson video or one of these '80s videos where you have that that lighting coming through the Venetian blinds, and it looks like he just has a drink in his hand and just kind of staring out to the nothingness, you know, questioning his existence. So, his hair uh, definitely looks like he's in the middle of a bender on his card art. I didn't even realize that. I don't think that's his hair. Is it his hair? What is that? Uh, oh, I was talking about Medine. Oh, 
Oh, okay. I was talking about Reeves. Yeah, yeah Reeves. <laughs> I guess they got the name Reeves from three eyes, right? Like, right. Like, the Reeves is it's a it's I would put it in with the Maidine and with you know characters like Dengar as well, where it was thought of as a very common figure, uh, sort of a peg warmer. And it is very difficult to find one in high grade, even just if you're looking for a yellow bubble example, just very hard to find anything close to an 85. It took me a number of years to find mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it'll, it'll get past its high end. They just don't come up for sale often. Right. And this next one, I'm not surprised it's already at $610 with eight bids. Uh, Talk about good timing with the book, the Boba Fett show. You get the Gamorrean Guard. Now, this was like growing up, I didn't, it was like the Caribbean or Caribbean. Was this Gamorrean or Gamorrean? Like I never heard it said out loud. So I had no idea what it was until many, many years later. When it was I pronounced confirmed. it as Gamorrean uh, you? growing up. Yeah. And then it changed over to Gamorrean. Are you Caribbean or Caribbean? I'm Caribbean unless I'm in Disney World and going on Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm the same. Okay. Yeah. This is, <laughs> but this is, uh, you know, talk about figures that don't come around in in clear condition too often. This one's only got the one, like the old school grading where it's just the the overall grade. It doesn't have subgrades. But just looking at this one up close, the paint ops are really good. The gun or the uh, axe is still looks like firmly taped onto the bubble. It's got a clear bubble, unpunched. If I think this thing would regrade it as an eighty-five plus, I would think just by looking at it. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't really seem to be much wrong with it. Um, with these sixty-five backs, we're starting to get into the figures that came with not only a bubble around the outside of it, but a, a tray on the inside, and mm-hmm. the tray was a clear plastic. And sadly, it's it's generally the first thing to yellow. It yellows before the bubble yellows a lot of times. And uh, and that's what we're seeing with this one. So as you said, this one just has one grade. It's an older graded item, so it just has the one grade. Um, but the bubble is still – it still looks clear. Um, the tray is what looks like it's yellowing. These are very hard to find. Um, there was a point where people really didn't care about them. You know, this was another – just common figure um, that you could pick up at an 85, you know, for $175, maybe like six, seven years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, do you think this one's going to be one of the more popular ones? You know, it's up to $600 right now, but do you think that's going to continue? Yeah, I do. I just, there's so tough to find this one displays. Well, I know it's got the yellow inner tray, but, you can barely tell just with the color of the the backdrop, it kind of blends into that. So it, it doesn't take away at all from the figure. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see this one getting up around, you know, where the Medine and probably passing the Medine. It's more popular character. He's in the book of Boba Fett. It's a lot to like with this one. Yeah, I agree. This was the first Return of the Jedi figure that I got. I saw him at the store and was like blown away at how awesome he was. 
<laughs> I don't know why. It's just <laughs> this figure will always like I always think back to that Toys R Us trip first time I saw it. Okay, we are winding down now. We have our last two uh carded Return of the Jedi figures that we're gonna cover for this episode. The first one is a Return of the Jedi 65 back A biker scout. Uh, so if you're following along with us, this is item 1806. Um, it's graded at an 85. It has a yellow bubble, so it has the Y designation. It's punched, and the subgrades here are an 85 for the card, 85 for the bubble, and 90 for the figure. The figure looks, you know, and again, we're, we're going by the catalog photos. Um, the, the, the figure looks really white. Uh, the, the, the weapon still looks like it's taped to the inside of the bubble. You know, the only flaw with this one really is just the yellow bubble. Um, Matt, are you a Biker Scout fan? I am. I am. Do you, do you know of any Biker Scout fans, by the way? I know of one exceptionally large Biker Scout fan, and he happens to be uh, a very good friend of mine, Kyle Rose. Shout out to Kyle Rose. Shout out to <laughs> K Rose. <laughs> hey, we love him. Uh, yeah, so, um, so we know that he would like this piece. Do you like this piece? I do. I do. Um, I've got a couple of these that are 85. Um, one of them, I think it might be made in Mexico. It's got a clear bubble. Otherwise, I'd be on this one here. So the estimate for this one is 400 to $700, which to me feels low. Matt, where where would you be on, on this? Yeah, I th- you know, if this was punched, it'd be up there with the... It's not, it's not clear, so I don't think it would be up there with that Akbar, but... It would be kind of up there with the Medine, I think. I think his popularity kind of trumps the the Medine clear bubble. So I think I wouldn't be shocked if it got up to a thousand bucks. There's certainly been a Mandalorian effect with this character. Um, we saw him last uh, punching Baby Grogu in a bag, and, and the finale of um, of the Mandalorian first season. I can't believe and, Ted um, Lasso would do that. <laughs> Yes, the actor who played him was, yeah. Um, okay, so so you think it could hit a thousand? I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's gonna. Yeah. I think it's gonna get towards the higher end, maybe even past that that high range, and then buyer's premium on top of that. I think it you know get close to a thousand bucks, which is crazy. <laughs> but you know that's where the market's going. I remember buying four of these. Back, I would say probably around 2013 or 14 for about $30 each. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is a Return of the Jedi 65A back, Emperor's Royal Guard. Again, another very popular character with an iconic card back. Um, this one is graded at an 85. The bubble is yellow, and the subgrades on it are 80, 85, and 90. And this one has a price sticker on it. And then we also have a second Emperor's Royal Guard. And it's pretty much the same thing without the price tag. Uh, it's it's punched as well. The grade is 85 overall. And then it's 80 for the card, 85 for the bubble. The figure is a 90. The main difference is that this one for the 65B is clear. Hmm. And that is well reflected in the price between the two. The first one right now is at $242 for the 65A with the yellow bubble. And for the second one, Matt, what is the current price with 10 bids? 
It is at eleven hundred dollars. It's just that's it's crazy. It really is. <laughs> yeah, the next <laughs> the next bid is twelve hundred and ten. And then mm. you tack on the buyer's premium. Like this is I I can't say that I'm shocked because someone put one of these up years ago with Clear Bubble, and I remember the price that it got was just astronomically high. And this was years and years and years ago before the market really got nuts. Mm-hmm. So there's always been something about this character. You know, I think it's part partly because the card art is so great, um, and then you just never see 65s on on Clear. So. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if you know this two people go out. It takes us two people going after it for it to really just get up there in price and fifteen hundred dollars. Kind of with that with the Akbar isn't out of the question. I think on this one. Wow, what really? It wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. Um, there are three differences between these. One is sixty five A versus sixty five B. Um, the second one is a price tag with versus no price tag. And then the third one is, uh, the yellow bubble versus the clear bubble. Um, wow. So we were talking yesterday about something like, um, you know, for the empire strikes back with different levels. Um, if you were comparing this to an empire strikes back figure right now, as far as values, what would you compare it to from, from the empire strikes back conversation? That Hoth snowtrooper. Okay. Yeah, I, they seem to be the same levels of, levels of popularity. Um. Yeah, this. I mean, this one's already at eleven hundred. Let's see. I'm gonna go just take a quick peek at what the Hoth stormtrooper is at, just because I'm curious now. It's at a thousand forty-five for an eighty-five. That one's punched or unpunched, but it has a price tag. Mm-hmm. So they're very close to one another. Okay, so between the two, my former snowtrooper that I owned at some point years and years ago, um, or this Emperor's Royal Guard, which one sells for more? And which one would you rather have? Hmm. I'd rather have the Emperor's Royal Guard because it's it's has no price tag. I think that the Hothel Snowtrooper was going to wind up going for more because it's unpunched. I feel like I've seen more clear bubble Emperor's Royal Guards, especially with the the sixty five backs, uh, than I have seen a Snowtrooper in an eighty five condition. We might have estimated the um, the snowtrooper selling in that nineteen hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, seventeen fifty to two thousand, I think, is the range we had on that one. Right, somewhere around there, I mm-hmm. think this one's going to. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if it was fifteen hundred. I don't think it's going to quite get to what the the Hoth snowtrooper is going to get to. Okay. All right, so that is a look at the sixty-five back carded figures and the 48 backs and the revenge of the Jedi proofs uh, from the first part of the return of the Jedi section in Hakes 234. Matt, uh, is there any particular item that stands out to you or are there a few items that stand out to you from this lot so far? 
obviously the clear bubbles are the big story here. I think we're we're going to set some records for Return of the Jedi. I'll affectionately call it Jedi garbage. But um, <laughs> I really like that Emperor first shot with the more screen accurate color. Um, there's one proof that I'm going to be going after. I'll not say which one, but I'm sure that you can figure Best it out. security guard. We know, we know. If you've ever had a conversation with me. <laughs> um, I really like the the clear bubble uh, Akbar, Gamorrean, not Gamorrean guard, and the Emperor's Royal Guard. Some really cool items. It's, it's just, I'm still trying to compute in my head that Return of the Jedi carded figures are going to go for over a thousand dollars. And see, I think this makes sense. And this was this was the point that we were talking about during the um, the Empire chat. Was if you look at these movies, it it really you know it's not like there's there's Star Wars and then there's the rest of of these films or the Star Wars figures, the first twelve, and then the rest of these figures. I think a lot of these figures are just as desirable in different ways uh, and just as popular though. Um, for me, the, the most disappointing thing so far was that we haven't seen uh, a Jedi Luke. And as far as, you know, appearing on a 65 back card, um, that, that's one of the, the few omissions that this Hakes auction as a larger auction, uh, is, um, had with it. Um, yeah, it's, I was shocked also to not see a Leia Bausch. Yes. Those were the two that really stood out. They've covered most of the figures for that were released in the '65 backs, but um, but yeah, just you know, I just look at it where it's like Luke Jedi is probably the most iconic Jedi figure to come out. Um, and again, that might be my personal opinion because I'm a Luke Jedi collector, but uh, it just it just felt weird not seeing a Luke Jedi figure with this. Yeah, and the guy that had all these figures, he might have wanted to just keep it. Just because of you know Luke Jedi's prominence at the uh, the end of Mandalorian season two, I'm sure when he t- turned all this in, it was before the his appearance in Book of Boba Fett. But um, yeah, I'm just surprised Hakes didn't seek one out. You know, because that that's a type of piece that when you look through a, a collection of Star Wars figures, if it's not there, especially in the Return of the Jedi section, it does feel like something's missing. Yeah. And uh spoiler for later on, we'll, we will see one on Power of the Force card, but it would be nice to see his rookie card on here. Mm-hmm. And we also see one uh, as a miss card as well coming up. So, um, but again, this is a great offering. Um, Matt, I'm with you where I think that, that U90 Emperor first shot uh, in what looks to be a darker robe is really exciting. Uh, it's one that initially when the catalog came in, we started looking through it. Um, I just kind of blew past it because I thought it was just a regular emperor. Um, but it, it does look really nice in the darker robes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope you win that Bespin guard proof that you so desire. And um, I mean, sorry, the, uh, the, mysterious proof that you so <laughs> so much desire uh yeah. I, I some of these clear bubbles are are interesting i think the prices on them are are already pretty high and, and they're probably going to uh go much higher from here um but i'm going to watch some of them 
I, I really like that Akbar. I think that Akbar is beautiful. Um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see where this, uh, Kenner Canada, um, return of the Jedi transition sticker C-3PO winds up too. I mean, we just saw it jump, I think it was $1,100 over the course of our conversation. So yeah, craziness be fun to watch. Okay. Well, stay tuned for part two of our conversation. Uh, Matt, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. And um, if anyone is looking to get your book that you co-wrote with uh, Stephen Ward and Gary Borbage, um, it's called Engineering Empire. Where could they get that? They can get that at engineeringandempirebook.com or you can drop us a note on facebook.com slash engineeringandempirebook or you can come to ICCC where I will have a booth. And you'll probably have some nice stuff at that booth too, right? There will be items for purchase at that booth outside of the book. Yeah, we're basically calling Matt's table second hakes. So there's some good <laughs> stuff there. I bet you'll be able to get some uh, good deals there. I hope so. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. So yeah, uh, here's to, here's to the, the Nashville show. I see, see, see. Um, okay. So Matt, uh, I look forward to continuing our, our conversation, uh, to covering some of the 77 backs or some really interesting ones in here. Um, and then we have stuff similar to the, um, uh, to the empire one where we have some really cool box flats and, and vehicles, and items and even a few really cool first shots and displays. So uh, if you'll come back, I look forward to having uh, another chat with you around the Return of the Jedi stuff. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Stay tuned on Star Wars Prototypes and Production.